Uh, one of the many advantages to getting uh, a digital signage system that can scale up to the enterprise level, uh, which basically means lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of users and screens and computers and everything else, is it's not just about size and numbers, uh, it's about uh, what you might call feature scalability. So we're going to talk about some of those today with Sean Matthews, President and CEO of Visix. Hello, Sean. Hello, Derek. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you for coming and thank all of you for listening. This is Digital Signage Done Right. Whether you're new to digital signage or a seasoned pro, this podcast gives you practical advice about systems, communications, and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt, Communications Specialist for Physics. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. So you've talked about uh, feature scalability. Uh, what, do, what are we talking about when we're talking about that? I mean, there's a whole range of features that you know we can delve into that... Um, you know, come into play in an enterprise size deployment. I think one of them that immediately jumps out, and we we run into this almost every day. Our sales guys go in to do demos, and often we, uh, you know, we'll find ourselves competing with a free cloud-based solution or something. And yeah. the thing that stands out most is that those products and those technologies all have these templated layouts, right? And right. You and I have because they make them simple that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and I have all, you know, we've used these PowerPoint templates. And the first mm. thing that we do with a template is we want to change it, right? We want to we want to add a logo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good starting point, but yes. Yeah. And so this whole idea of using templates as a starting point. That's great. They're great for the purpose of a starting point. But if I really want to affect my brand and my brand's image as a Fortune 500 company, I want it to look like my brand. I don't yes. want it to look like a template that's been edited you know, to look like my brand. I want it to be my brand. And if I'm going to invest in this type of technology, I really want to produce a series of custom layouts that I can change and modify over time mm. so that I can change the look and feel of the overall screen appearance so that it draws in more visitors because yesterday it was blue, tomorrow it's red, the next day it's green, right? right. And that, you know, it might still be the same source material, the same content, but the overall look has changed mm. and that custom layout design tool set allows me to draw more people in as viewers. Right. And of course, as you mentioned brand. I mean, it is an extension of your brand. I think especially maybe that's not quite so important for, say, internal communications, but anything that's public facing. There are many, many lawsuits out there from large companies that are trying to protect their brand. Yeah, because in many cases, that's the, you know, the big piece of intellectual property that they own. I mean, yeah. if you think about our own business here, you know, even our logo and our company name, like those are probably the two richest things that we own aside from the code that we develop. But sure. you know, from an image perspective, that's it. Right, right. And that's what the public sees and how, that's how they recognize you. Apparently, the number one thing that organizations use digital signage for is events. I was very surprised to find that out. Yeah, so if you roll back to when we first got started in this business, the largest buyers of this technology, if you just roll back about 15 years ago, those large buyers were the student unions on college campuses. Really? And what they really wanted to market was what's going on on that campus, right? Sure. And so this predates... Obviously, smartphones and apps, right? And so students would congregate at these student centers, student unions, and these event 
schedules would be published on these displays so that that kids knew actually what was going on that weekend or that day. It's just a very clean, it's basically it replaces the messy bulletin board. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about your experience at an airport when you're looking for flight departures, it's the same concept. It's incredibly valuable information when, where, and what is going on on this campus. There's no easier way to do it because I could try to convince you to download an app but that means I have to convince you to download the app. Whereas right. in this case, this information is just free, it's there, and it's passive, and you see it every day. So it's it's amazing how much of an influencer these event management systems have had mm. in the digital signage market space. A lot of these digital signage software packages, they these uh, CMSs, they integrate easily with calendar so like the, you don't have to type it into your own calendar system and then also type it into this it it integrates with it yeah i mean this is a great example of auto updating content that is timely and relevant mm. right and it comes from a variety of data sources and when i say a variety of data sources i mean you can imagine some of the big names that are out there obviously exchange calendars google calendars but what most people don't realize is that there's a whole um, cottage industry of these event management system companies that wow. create event management platforms for very specific vertical markets. So whether it's the higher education market, the hospitality market for hotels, uh, the healthcare market, it's amazing to me that all of these other guys are out there outside of the exchanges and Google calendars of the world. And so, yeah, you, you spend a lot of time and energy working with the uh, the API connections for these various platforms. Sure, yeah, yeah. that's right. You're like, wow, there are a lot of different kinds of calendaring systems. And, and you're, all, you're almost always baffled, like you'll find some, I'll just say some small, you know, university or college somewhere and, you know, they're using some platform you've never heard of. And you're like, how did they get this on this? This is Josie and the Pussycats calendaring system. Yes. You're like, really? Okay. Can I see that code, please? Yep. <laughs> yep. So, again, the fact that it integrates, if you're shopping around for something enterprise-wide or that's potentially enterprise-level, uh, you want something that integrates with as many calendaring systems as possible. Certainly ones that, that integrates with your calendaring systems. But again, you might change your calendaring system down the road. You don't want to have to get a whole new digital signage system just because you changed your calendaring system. Yeah, in fact, we have some clients, if you think about like a, a large university, they in fact may have multiple calendaring systems right. because, you know, in that university setting, often there are silos on the campus. So the law school may operate slightly differently than the rest of the campus or the, the, the medical school or what have you. And so in those cases, we're actually having to parse data from multiple calendaring systems to create a common format that looks well and presents well on screen. Wow, that's that's crazy. And then uh, some places also use room signs, I think, as well, which are sort of an, can be an extension of your digital signage. Clearly, they integrate with calendaring systems. They have to, right? Because you can schedule right at the sign. Yep. So that, you know, what's interesting about the room sign is, as you just noted, it's a natural extension of the event calendar. Mm. Instead of it being published to a large display is is published down to the individual room and the calendar that's associated with that room. So it does allow you to walk up and uh, book reservations at the door. And of course, that two-way booking technology then writes back to the calendar source so that the next person realizes, even from their uh, mobile device or their desktop, that that room has been booked right. in, the, in the meantime as a, as a walk-up reservation. So, you know, we pioneered 
I'm not going to say we invented, but we pioneered this uh, room sign space uh, and, and started that you know, 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's taken off. Oh, it's exploded. It really yeah. has. I mean, there are there are a lot of guys in this space, and some are not digital signage companies. They specifically do uh, room management only. That's, uh, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah, the double booking is the dreaded monster of meeting rooms and things like this. Nothing is worse than getting everything organized and all together and get your people in, oh, the space is taken, I didn't know. Yeah, and man, you know, with changes in how organizations are utilizing their physical spaces and mm-hmm. they're going to more open floor plans and building a select number of collaboration rooms or collaboration or spaces. Huddle spaces. Huddle spaces. Yeah. So it does become important because you only have access to so many closed office spaces in those types of environments. So you can imagine an organization that might have a thousand employees in one or two buildings. They don't have a thousand conference rooms or a thousand doors to close. They've got five. Right. And so (laughs) those spaces become incredibly important. And, you Uh know, uh, when we talk about reporting, you can imagine that the information that comes back from how those rooms are utilized is extremely important from a reporting perspective because it allows your facilities people to think about what types of rooms they might design next based on the actual use mm. of those particular spaces. Sure, that makes sense. Touch screens. Yeah, the thing about touch screens is for the past 10 years, that mobile device in your pocket has been a touch screen yeah. and it's ubiquitous and you act with that device by touching it. And when you act and interact with that device, um, what you're doing is you're basically looking for customized content. So your personal experience is different than the person sitting next to you. And the same thing applies to you know touch screens in the digital signage space. I can walk up and have a completely different um, user experience with that touchscreen than you. You might be interested mm. in, in weather and you focus on weather in that touchscreen. I might be interested in events. So I utilize the interactive elements of the event calendar that I can that allow me to search for a particular event. It's not just that personal experience. There's also a self-service component to it. So you're seeing kiosks start to penetrate every facet of business. So it's not just checking into your flight at the Delta counter. You know, now, you know, your personal experience, um, you know, even at quick serve restaurants, you place your order for a hamburger at a kiosk and you pick it up somewhere else, right? So um, it affects corporate communications and campus communications as well. Donor boards, wayfinding, Mm -hmm. you know, information about the athletics department or the history of the school or famous graduates or alums from that particular school. There's so many things you can do with interactivity to create a more customized and personal experience than you can do with just static signs that have templated content on them. One of the things that for years uh, physics has talked about is, you know, you can put web pages up on your uh, digital signs. And sure, you can, but very often it's not a great idea because a website is not designed for this. It, it gets a different animal. Sitting at a computer at a desk and looking at a website, I mean, this is why HTML5 is so important for mobile devices and so on. It has to scale. It has to. It's a different experience. You're standing in front of a digital, an interactive digital sign. Again, it's a different experience. Having your whole website there in a browser isn't really going to be the best way to present the information. With the the way that you can do this through digital signage CMSs is you can kind of tailor it for that 
experience. Yeah, and I think that you know when you when you look at features like desktop preview, for example, um, and the ability to preview an entire campaign or um, message or, or or what have you, you know, seeing it um, on your desktop live, the entire campaign being produced mm. in front of you um, affords you the opportunity to look at what that might might look like on those signs. And I think you very quickly realize that, as you described, that web experience, that is designed for someone who's sitting down at a desktop PC or at a, a tablet device, or maybe even a mobile device. But that is very different than walking up to a 70-inch display and interacting with it right. uh, for the purpose of looking for an event or a donor or you know some information that is very specific to that closed environment because this mm-hmm. isn't an experience where you're going off and just browsing out on the right. Web. You're not just you're not hanging out in the corporate hub lobby, killing time browsing around. Oh, I wonder what's in this building. Mm-hmm. You probably entered this building for a specific purpose. Yep, and you'd like to achieve that purpose as quickly as possible. Yeah, and again, I think when you look at technologies like preview technologies, you're not going to find. Um, browser-based CMSs that allow you to create content, preview it before it's published. I mean, you basically upload and schedule when and where you want it to play. Is that how it works? And then, yep. you, and then you you put it up live and then take a look and go, oh my God, no, I have to change it. Yep. So that's so it's live with the mistakes or the, 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 the bad ideas. Yeah, and unfortunately, you actually see people having to purchase an additional media player that they keep at their desk so they can publish to that media player simply before you know, publishing it to other endpoints. So uh, it's one of the hidden costs yeah. of, of free. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that Active Directory was a big, big deal up until fairly recently. Uh, and what is it that's replacing it? Yeah, so everyone these days is looking for a single sign-on, right? And single sign-on is a... Uh, a technology that's that's underpinning is SAML, which is a you know it's a markup language, and the idea there is that um, you use a single sign-on like you might use in your domain. So if it's, if it's your email address or whatever it is used in your organization, um, that authenticates against identity providers, which then allow you to have instant access to other applications on your domain. And it's primarily... So basically, you're in the door, so have, have feel free to free reign of the place. Yeah, and these are not desktop applications. These are you know web applications. So, uh-huh. uh, for example, you could have multiple tabs in your browser, and so you want to go to Vizix TV. So instead of you know having to have different usernames and passwords for each of these applications, whether it be your ERP, your digital signage solution, or whatever, you have a single sign-on ability that allows you, when you go to that... URL, instead of having to log in, you're automatically logged in because you're automatically logged in under your, your domain, for example. Right. So it already, it's, it's kind of like if you're if you're logged into, I don't know, say the Adobe uh, suite, yep. Creative Cloud, you're in one, you're in them all. Yep. Same same kind of concept. And so it just makes it easier because we, we you know, we've all been in these situations where we're trying to manage, you know, 15 <laughs> different usernames and passwords oh, and, man. you know, and, and, and all these guys have tried to make security tighter. So then there are new rules about your password. It has to change right. every 90 days or whatever. This one says you must have a capital letter. This yep. one doesn't. This one has to have yep. numbers. Yeah. So single sign-on is certainly the new craze with uh, browser-based applications. And, you know, all the the real current CMS products uh, should support that type of online authorization. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, all this stuff is always changing. I mean, there someday that'll be gone. It'll yep. be something else. It'll be, I don't know, retina scans or breath tests or who the heck. Who knows? Yep. Who knows what it will be, yeah. 
And so another piece that ties into single sign-on, obviously, is the ability to create organizations or sub-organizations within within a larger organization. Because if you think, again, a college campus is a great example where you have people from various schools on the campus, so the School of Law, School of Business, et cetera, you know, you want to create sub-orgs so that as you manage those user accounts, um, you can manage it from one place. And so if you delete someone from a sub-organization, they might be removed from other associated organizations. Their whole sign-on credentials might be uh, removed at the same time. So, you know, the ability to have multiple layers of organizational structure is a key component to enterprise type solutions versus just managing a quote unquote database of users that have no affiliation with subnets or subsets within an organization. So ultimately, I mean, really, it saves you time. That's correct. When yes. all said and done, I mean, yeah. maybe if you've got 50 employees, it's, it's not such a big thing, but you have 5,000 employees and you have to update something something changes, like you say, maybe somebody leaves their job and you have to remove them from 15 different locations. It's, I mean, that's that's an hour of your work right there. Yeah, and all of this, as you know, boils down to just saving time and money. That's yeah. really, yeah. So you want to be obviously secure, but in the end, from a management perspective, you want to save time and money. And, and the interesting thing is, it takes money to make money, but you're spending more, obviously, for an enterprise-level solution, CMS, uh, and yet ultimately, in the long run, it actually does save you time and money as opposed to starting off piecemeal and just constantly. Like I, like I think about, say, with, say, uh, support, mm-hmm. the difference between getting a support subscription, boom, I've got it, it's mine for a whole year or two years or however long you've, you've negotiated it for, and so I can utilize it whenever I want instead of every time I pick up the telephone to talk to them, I have to pay for it. Yeah, and you know we um, we obviously pr- uh, pride ourselves on our support offering here at Visix. I mean, if you look at our um, reviews online, you know we're a five star customer service company. Wow. Uh, if you look at the Google reviews, so we you know we put a lot of energy into that support because. You know, man, when you think about all the energy that it takes to onboard a new customer to a technology like this, it's not easy because, you know, in the end, it's more than just putting up PowerPoint slides on on a display. And when you think about your overall communication strategy and how it's going to influence people, um, you're going to need things like professional services, professional training, and ongoing support because the more sophisticated your designs and the integration with data sources and the widgets associated with that... Um, you're going to need support. And it's just a reality. I mean, we process hundreds of support tickets per month here, mm-hmm. and we want people to understand our technology and be well-versed in it. But the reality is, is that in many cases, something's going to break and there's going to be a change to an API. And you know, some, some other platform is going to change during its update and it's going to affect our platform. And right. So you're going to need help. Yeah, right? yeah. Because especially as you're integrating in with calendaring systems yep. and pulling in automated data and stuff and and then suddenly you know microsoft says okay we're doing a whole new thing yep. everything has to get shifted because that's the thing is software is a dynamic product it's something that evolves over time and changes yeah and you know again i, I mentioned that we we want our clients to understand our technology and you know so we offer things like detailed training either instructor-led training or through an lms which is all online but sometimes we have clients who basically say, 
you know what, it's great that you have all this training, but I just want you to do it for me. Uh-huh. So when you look at the professional services side of our business, um, we're staffed with people that basically can do all the work for you. Mm. I'm not, not really like a managed service, but you don't really want to master a particular widget. You just want someone to do it for you. And that's right. where those pro services offerings come into right. play. Hey, I need this done. Can you do it? Sure. It'll be done in half an hour. Yep. Great. I'm going to lunch. Yep. Most definitely. So yeah, Enterprise Solutions uh, offer a whole host or suite of advantages and features that are not uh, available at smaller scale levels. And that's just how that goes. That's correct. So if you're looking for enterprise type features and technology and scalability, then you really have to go out and find you know that type of platform mm-hmm. versus when you do that Google search and you find free digital signage, you're not going to have the same experience, I promise, that you're going to have with some sort of enterprise offering. Right. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you, Sean, for talking to me today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Derek. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey, want more free stuff? Then head to the resources section of physics.com for free masterclass guides, blogs, videos, and more to help you with your digital signs. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review of this episode and connect with us on social media.